the intention has to be in place, which allows for the correct direction per se, or some sort of intentional direction. And then that is paired with what comes up. And I think that's a great point is like, you always have to be responsive to what's happening. But I think then your decision in that process will be better guided because it's coming through a lens of the intention. In essence, it's a filtration system. Your intention is a filtration system to how to make good decisions. So if you're brought with new information, great. I just put it through the filter and then we get a decision from there. In essence, it helps you make those decisions quicker because you've laid down a framework for how you want to go about making those decisions. This is Evolve CPG, a community of purpose-driven brand leaders who not only believe in better, but actively pursue it. That's better products, better brands, and better leadership for a better world. Come join our online community at community.evolvecpg.com. I'm your host, Gage Mitchell, founder and creative director of Modern Species, a sustainable brand design agency helping better brands grow and scale their impact. On today's episode, we're discussing the risks we take when we lack intentionality in our lives and business. Our guests, Linwood Paul and Matt Damore, are co-founders of Subtle Distinctions, where they cultivate thoughtful leaders from the inside out. I'm really excited because for a number of years, and I mean a couple of decades, I've been following a gentleman by the name of Reverend Dr. Michael Beckwith and his messages. And one of the things that's impressed me over time is what is called the intentionality deficit disorder. And that's kind of a play on words. Everybody's heard the attention deficit disorder. This is the intentionality deficit disorder. What we mean by that, or actually mean by that, is that it's a manner of living or operating a business or relationships that is without actively and consistently being aware of the why, how, and with whom you interact and create with. It's a deficit of self-reflection and self-awareness that leads to, and I mean it exactly like this, that leads to wherever that leads to. Because if you don't have intentionality, if you don't have a roadmap, then where you go or where you get to is unknown until you're there. All too often, people use that phrase, how did we get here? And we suggest that it's an intentionality deficit disorder. And how we've gotten here is that society has generated and made available in huge quantities a field of mental, what we call mental garbage, that permeates our lives from so many angles and and ultimately manifests as fear and doubt and worry, which is driven by the world of effects and reported daily through the newsreels. So what we need to know and understand or realize is that the truth is this can be right out of astrophysics if you choose or our experience that we're sharing with you that we're surrounded by a field of infinite potential and possibilities. And when you start there with your intention, you can see more, you can know more, you can realize more, you can recognize more of what we consider the true flow of energy and hence have more possibilities. Your intention, if it were a thing, 
a noun as a noun needs and wants to two things. It wants to be known and it wants to be expressed. So it's not just that you have an intention. There is an energy. There is a field of intentionality that when brought to bear with the what, why, how, with whom we create with can generate more possibilities. And those possibilities are more in alignment with what results you want to have because they're intentional. So now what? If you can take that on, a question would be, what's the one thing that you can begin that will allow you to live as consciously and intentionally as possible? And we suggest that it's understanding your why. And some people might, might want to choose to consider intentionality and their why to be the same thing. And we'll leave that up to you. But when it comes to understanding your why, people also call it their mission, their dream, their vision, their general purpose. It has a lot of names, but whatever it is called, what it means or what it brings about is your focus on what it is that you are up to in order to plug into that field of potential and possibility so that you can drive a result or that you can drive what it is that you intend to have happen. And on the other side of the coin, by the way, that you can avoid or not have happen what you do not intend. And sometimes that's the sharpest way to go because we like to use the phrase free from to be free to. So sometimes it's about getting things out of the way so that you can put things directly in perspective and in place to drive a result or a need or a want. A lot of the intentionality comes back to, I call it just doing like an overview or an assessment or taking stock in the different aspects of your life and actually breaking down the categories, call it your physical health, your mental health, financial health, your relationships, your spatial needs, your environment needs, and actually taking an opportunity to lay it out on paper and say, okay, what are the elements of within each of those categories that are important to me? Do I have them in my life currently? Would I like to see them? And if there's a gap there between what I have and what I like to see them is how do, how do I make that happen? And that gap is kind of where we're pointing to in terms of the, of the intentionality. So a lot of it actually just comes from pausing and taking an opportunity to Look at your life in a way that just is, in essence, taking an inventory. So I think that a lot of times what we do is we don't do that exercise of stopping and looking at what we have and breaking our our life down into those components and then seeing what is potentially desired or missing in each of those areas. Questions like, let me pull one that Matt just mentioned, relationships. So if you were to look into your relationships... It's really amazing because we've done a lot of relationship work and we find that people get, enter into or are in relationships that are the result of proximity. I was on my way to work or there was this barista at my favorite Starbucks and we started talking or, 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 or. And it does, it's not as intentional as it is a matter of chance, if you will. And while chance may favor the prepared mind, we're suggesting that it isn't left to chance. So in relationship, you ask yourself, how'd they come about? To what end? And what are they generating in my life? 
And when you start taking a look at the components of your life in an inquiry that, as Matt pointed to, is an inventory, it starts to get really clear what kind of just happened and that you said yes to and what you brought about through a design that is in keeping with your authentic self and what it is that you want to see have happen. And then another one to gauge that we're very big on is, and an exercise that we've done with groups many times that I absolutely love is in essence, taking those same categories that I just referenced and writing down what you believe to be true as it relates to certain aspects in those categories. So your physical wellness What stories, narratives, belief systems, thoughts do you hold to be true about health? Write them down. What about relationships? What about all these different things? And then from there, look at and take each one and say, how do I know this is true? Where did this come from? Is this serving me anymore? Is this limiting me? And how so? Why am I still holding these beliefs? And ultimately, and this is the kicker, which many people don't tie to is how is this belief still serving me? Because it is. And many people think, well, that belief, it can't be serving me because it's a negative belief. Well, it is, but it's just actually serving you in an indirect way. So then it becomes about figuring out how to serve that need through a more positive manner as opposed to a negative manner. So in terms of tying it back to being intentional, Then once we've broken down those ideas of what we hold to be true, where they came into our our program, why we're still running them, now we're actually kind of defragging, if I'm going to use a computer analogy, I'm defragging the computer and I'm going to be more intentional of what what now I'm reprogramming on my own computer called my brain and my physiology and my neurology and all of that type of stuff so that I can literally, as Linwood pointed out, continue to create and in essence sculpt your life the way you want it the way that fits for you that's truthful in the moment and i think that's one other piece and then i'll kick it back to you linwood is that my experience has been that oftentimes we are as humans nervous or hesitant for some reason to continually recreate ourselves in a way that our identity becomes fixated And if we change our identity, we're nervous about what that says about ourself. I see this a lot with vegetarians. I'm a vegetarian, nothing against vegetarian. I was vegetarian for eight years. And it's about, okay, great. I'm about this lifestyle. I'm about the causes for this. And then over time, maybe some things change where their body is letting them know that it might be a good idea to bring in some animal proteins. But their identity is so much that they can't do that. So they override their physical need for the lack of blow to their ego for having to change their their ideas around what they believe to be true. So we're kind of tossing in a lot of this stuff, but hopefully you can see that all this breakdown in essence of gathering this information and becoming clear on all these different aspects allows you to to create with more intention. Well, I think that note that you were just dropping kind of is a good segue for a question I had about this. So I'm totally picking up and loving the idea of intentionality and having an idea of where you want to go and setting priorities in your life. That all makes sense. But one thing I'm wondering is how does that match up with kind of being nimble as a business leader and just kind of like paying attention to the market and being able to shift into things quickly or kind of rolling with the punches and when your plan doesn't go according to your plan, keeping with it and finding a different path around it or maybe what some people call going with the flow. 
Can you be intentional about those things too? Or is there a balance that you need to strike between being intentional and having everything thought out and planned out versus being ready and willing yeah. to take opportunity of chances or, or things that show up? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. And I would say it's mandatory. And here's why I would say it's mandatory is that like Linwood pointed out, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. So you have to start with a path. And then what you're pointing to, Gage, is open to being nimble or responsive to what the market's asking for or what's happening in your specific space. But it's the difference of like, I set my GPS and then if I run into an accident on the interstate, I'm going to take a detour and then maybe cruise off. But like, I'm still, I know in general where I'm going as opposed to, I think, potentially the the opposite is I'm just going to get in my car and start driving. Where? I don't know. So I think that the intention has to be in place, which allows for the correct direction per se, or some sort of intentional direction. And then that is paired with what comes up. And I think that's a great point is like, you always have to be responsive to what's happening. But I think then your decision in that process will be better guided because it's coming through a lens of the intention. In essence, it's a filtration system. Your intention is a filtration system to how to make good decisions. So if you're brought with new information, great. I just put it through the filter and then we get a decision from there. In essence, it helps you make those decisions quicker because you've laid down a framework for how you want to go about making those decisions. Yeah, let's be really, really clear, Gage, that intentionality is not rigidity. Intentionality is a container. Intentionality holds the space for the things that come up and the joys and and the love and the connection and the surprise that life can be and dare we say should be. So intentionality is not not at all about rigidity. Heck, every time, (laughs) to use Matt's example, every time I set my GPS and I make a wrong turn, the thing that I absolutely love about that situation, that moment is rerouting. (laughs) It's like, I can get there from here. I just have to know where there is. That's all I have to set when I get on the road. Where am I going with intentionality? And then rerouting, 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 rerouting. And of course, it could change the time of my arrival, but I will arrive. Yeah, I love that. That's a great analogy for kind of my question of, you don't really even know how to use that detour unless you know where you're going in the first place. So having that intentionality set up front helps you move forward from there. One question that is popping up for me is this idea of manifesting that a lot of people talk about is like having an idea of what you want out of the universe and just kind of putting it out there and therefore you're more likely to receive that from the universe. So I'm curious with intentionality, it seems somewhat similar but different. So how do you feel like those two ideas overlap? Super. I love it, Gage. And I would say this is just my own way of pulling those two things apart and kind of seeing how they're similar and but also different is that first and foremost, I think when you manifest how I've kind of been described, that is your thought literally has a kind of a wave frequency. And in the zero point field of like, I guess we'll call it quantum physics or consciousness, that thought kind of emanates out of you and goes and finds itself. And then from there, it's reflected back called the point of attraction. It goes and finds the point of attraction. It finds itself. And then from there is reflected. And that's how we, in essence, like draw something to ourselves, right? 
but it also starts from us being that. Because I always say it's, you're only going to have reflected back to you what you already are, because the universe only can reflect you yourself. And so I think that in terms of the intentionality is the first, I guess, step in manifesting. That's how I would describe it, is that you got to know what you want in order for the, in the universe or whatever terminology we're using for that energy, in essence, to show it back to yourself as yourself. Without that, in essence, it's like a server coming up to you at a restaurant and saying, what would you like to eat? And you're saying like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I want to eat. You need to put in your order to the universe very clearly. It's like, I'm looking for this type of salad with the side of this, hold the cheese, you know, whatever it might be, right? <laughs> That's what it looks like if I'm ordering it. But <laughs> anyways, um, so I would say that uh, <laughs> is the intention is the first part. And you have to be clear with what you want in order for you to attract yourself. And that's why a lot of people are what we end up doing is helping people get clear on what that is, because if not, they're continuously going to misfire and attracting what they want. Yeah. So, it kind of gets back to what Linwood was saying, where maybe intentionality is, is sort of the why, but manifesting is one of the hows. Like, it's one of the methodologies for getting yourself to your Oh, that's great. But you got to start with the intention. Yeah. I did an experiment a while back, sitting in the restaurant like Matt was just referring to. And the, the server came over and he said, would you like some wine with your meal tonight? And I said to him, Gage, I said, yes. And that's it. <laughs> and he looked at me. She's seen the look in his face. It's like the universe. It's like the universe, the look in the universe's face when it just went, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, three, four seconds went by, which is a long time. And I said, Red. And it still wasn't enough. <laughs> and he finally, finally, he looked at me and he said, so, so there's a wine menu on the table right here if you'd like to refer nice. to it. And then I said, number 132, a nice Pinot. And he was like, you should have seen the relief in his face. Maybe it's because he could get on with serving other people. And the universe, if you will, has no problem with the kind of bandwidth that it takes to serve every and each of us. But we need to put in our order and be very specific. You know, the thing that people are buried under that we have found all too often are at least three things that we point to. Social conditioning, endless expectations, and learned behaviors. So by the time you're who knows how old, you've got an idea of how the world works and what you can have and can't have. And then all kinds of stuff starts piling on top of that. And as Matt referred to earlier, you really got to ask yourself, is it true? Where did it come from? And is it currently the case for me? And the more we can do that, the more we can let go of some of those things and crawl out from under some of those weighted bags. Beautiful. Love it. I think that could be a good point to wrap up this conversation. So, thank you both for sharing this idea of intentionality deficit disorder. I think <laughs> I might have to use that with my team as we're kind of like setting uh, yearly or three-year plans as let them know that <laughs> without such plans, you know, we will have failed to set our intentions, which I love the idea of just setting the kind of goals, the principles, the why so that we can better define the how we're going to get there. So, I really like that. So thank you both for sharing. You're welcome, Gage. Thanks, Gage. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Linwood, Matt, or their company, go to subtledistinctions.com.
Subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel for more innovator interviews, expert advice, and leadership discussions. If you like this episode, leave a heart, thumbs up, or review, and share it with your colleagues. As an ever-evolving show, we also love feedback, so send us your thoughts or ideas for who we should talk to next to evolve at modernspecies.com. Business can be a powerful force for good. Is your brand living up to its full potential? Go to EvolveCPG.com to learn about our new impact workshop, Exponential Good. Over six weeks, we'll be thinking bigger, getting relevant, spreading throughout, going exponential, working backwards, and making it real so you can walk away with a clear vision and a detailed action plan for scaling your brand's positive impact exponentially. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Thomas Foods, go to thomasfoods.com.